Why settle for just living a good life when you can live a life optimized to achieve your human potential? Learn all the hacks that will transform your life from average to extraordinary. Welcome to Life Optimized with functional medicine expert, Dr. Neil Palvin. Hey everyone, this is Dr. Uh, Neil Palvin here again, ready for another episode of Live Optimize. And I'm really excited today. We have a great guest who's I personally work with many times. He got me introduced to uh, cold immersion and Wim Hof breathing probably, I don't even know, four, three, four years ago now. So I'm going to introduce here Avi Greenberg, who is a Wim Hof coach and cold immersion. He does private corporate breathing and mindfulness coaching. He helps others reach better lifestyles by improving their relationship with stress. And he he works both uh, in person and remotely. And he has a big course coming out in San Diego in October, correct? Yeah, end of October. We'll be doing a workshop. We're partnered with Fiori, the clothing company. And we'll be doing it actually on the rooftop of their La Jolla store in San Diego. I think it's October 29th. Not a bad place to be in October. Rooftop, yeah. San Diego. You're not, you don't got a bad gig there. No, no. Than- no. There's times I definitely pinch myself with my work and think, wow, I'm actually getting paid to hop in a nice bath and talk to people about breathing. Like there? Not a bad deal. So yeah, so let's first talk about, we're going to talk about both breathing and cold immersion and how they complement each other really, really well. But let's talk about Wim Hof breathing. It's become very, very popular in and of itself. It has its own benefits. Wim Hof has gone from being somebody that very, like a few people knew probably five or right. seven years ago to now he's a celebrity. and yeah, every, a rock star. There you go. He's a rock star. So why don't we talk about what Wim Hof breathing is, how it can help you and how it could be instituted very simply and then we'll go from there. Yeah, Wim Hof breathing, it's really based off of uh, ancient practice of tumo breathing. And it's a way that we breathe in a sort of upregulated style. So we're raising our adrenaline, we're raising our cortisol, we're raising our stress hormones in our body. And then we're jumping from this kind of fast paced rhythmic breathing into long extended breath holds. So it's this sort of duality of creating a stress response in the body to then tapping into a very calm, relaxed state on the breath holds. There's something called the mammalian dive reflex where you go into these long static breath holds and the body just fully relaxes. The heart rate slows down, the mind slows down, the thoughts slow down. But prior to that, you're doing this breathing to kind of get your adrenaline up and your cortisol up. And that's kind of like the essence of of what that breathing is about and doing it with someone and guiding someone in it. Like you, for example, you know, when we've done our sessions, I've seen you go into such a relaxed state that you actually kind of drift off almost into like that half awake, half asleep state where you're just totally sort of at peace and relaxed, almost like a acupuncture massage session. It's called hypnagogia as well, where you fall into that half awake, half asleep state. And it's really great for your inflammation, your stress levels, good for your mood, your energy, and then also it enacts a immune system response in your endocrine system. Man, you talked about immune system and it's, again, it's become from become a legend now that Wim Hof has been tested. Like this is a scientific test. This is not kind of things that people just kind of state that he's actually been able to fight off infection and boost his immune system. He's been infected yeah. different infections where he's, they've actually documented that he was able to fight off an infection that most people couldn't just because of the way he's yeah. able to control his mind and his breathing. Yeah. So that's, I mean, it is powerful. It is useful. 
I mean, not you got to work to get to the state that he does. I mean, this is not yeah. something so so he trained. He trained people very quickly and they were able to do the same thing and enact that immune system response within a week. So I think that's part of why the method is so popular is because you could be a complete novice to breath work, to meditation, to anything related to that world and do one or two rounds of Wim Hof breathing and actually get that same response, which is, is pretty amazing. So, so we're going to delve into a couple of things. So first of all, if somebody wants to get into breath work, let's say specific, let's first differentiate a step back and differentiate. There are many different types of breath work out there. Wim Hof is not a synonym for breath work in general. There's this hyperventilatory, there's where you're slowing your breath, where you're exaggerating your breath rate. There is yeah. Wim Hof where you can vary the breath rates. And I know when you work with me, we've gotten it, get it down to even try to slow the breath rate to about half of what you normally would do. Yeah. So how, again, that's the first thing we want to comment about breath work. They're not all the same. So you may work oh. with five different practitioners and they all are going to have a different method. They all are going to achieve some of the same benefits, but they all kind of work a little bit differently. So if yeah. somebody wants to get into Wim Hof breathing, what is the first step for them to do that? Is it going to be, did they have to work with somebody? Can they learn on their own? What is it somebody who wants to use this as a simple gateway to their health? What should they be doing? They could learn on their own by using the app. That's how I got started. There's YouTube videos as well. If you're dealing with like autoimmune disease, which a lot of people are these days, I don't, you know, I don't have to tell you how many people have some sort of form of autoimmune disease. It might be helpful to find an instructor and work one-on-one with an instructor to really go as deep as you can go. It's, I always compare it to working out with a trainer. You know, if I go for a workout alone, I'm probably not going to push myself that hard. But if I'm working out with a professional who knows the body well and knows movement and functional training, I'm probably going to go a lot harder in those workouts. So for someone that just wants to kind of put their dip their toe into the pool, an app, a YouTube video is sufficient. You could even look up instructors locally to you and go to a workshop for that kind of in-person experience, which I highly recommend to anyone who hasn't done it before. Or if you're looking to really go deep into breathing and try different modalities, you could find someone like myself. There's a lot of other instructors that got certified in Wim Hof or Oxygen Advantage or XPT, and now they teach breath work exclusively, or they teach breathing for performance or breathing for anxiety. And, and I think some of the best teachers out there, they don't just teach one style. They teach four or five different styles and they meet their clients where they're at and where their clients need the most help, or maybe where the clients need to develop a little bit of a deeper practice. So there's a lot of options, which I think makes it really accessible. I'm going to unpack what you just said, because you actually hit a lot of really good information for people out there that are known. I'm going to put some of these links. I mean, obviously, link, obviously a great coach, but a lot of great information in that couple paragraphs there. A, like I said, you hit two of the three of the biggest organizations, Wim Hof, Oxygen Advantage, and XPT. then XPT, which does a little bit more sports on the sports performance side from beginner to, I think you've done some of them. That is some advanced stuff underwater and really great for sports. Yeah, the, most of the professional athletes right now that are getting into this realm of breathing and functional breathing and performance-based breathing, they're doing a lot of things with Laird Hamilton and Gabby Reese at their Malibu location. I mean, I've seen NBA players, you know, there was a photo of Julius Randall that I recently posted on Instagram of him taping his mouth while he was doing weight training. I forget his name, but he was on the Celtics. He's the second best player on the Celtics. His last name's Brown. He was doing Brown. Yeah, he was doing pool training with with uh, weights. Joaquin 
Joakim Noah was doing training with Laird Hamilton and Gabby Reese. I mean, people in mixed martial arts and jujitsu and, you know, UFC and MMA, they've been doing this for a long time from Hicks and Gracie. So performance-based people might want to look towards XPT or Oxygen Advantage. And then people that might be looking for that deeper sort of esoteric experience or maybe a healing experience might want to look to Wim Hof because they're, like you'd said earlier, there's a lot of science backing Wim Hof method and healing, healing autoimmune disease, healing inflammation, you know, chronic inflammation in the body, the combination of the cold and that style of breathing has a ton of different benefits. You mentioned something I wanted, I was going to jump on later, but we'll go to it now. So when we talk about breath work, it's differentiating nasal breath work or nasal breathing and obviously breathing through the mouth. There's some movement now that with the importance of nasal breathing, there's some yeah. we're trying to refute it. It's become very interesting. I know that there is a lot of data. So you mentioned in terms of first thing we're going to talk about is the importance and no, there's some use of it in Wim Hof as well. Why people should be na- nose breathing. Some people can mouth tape. Mouth tape is an acquired skill set. Some people will never do it again. I've seen I've people, they've said, there's no way yeah. in the world I, I hate that sensation. And there's other people who sleep that way. So yeah, let's talk about I, the important- I sleep every night with mouth tape. And I understand you probably work with patients that you recommend that to. And actually our, our mutual friend, Quantified Bob, Bob Troya was the one that turned me on to mouth tape probably four years ago. And he told me, he said, it's definitely something worth trying. It takes a little bit of practice. It takes about a week to 10 days. I tell my clients, but I have a lot of clients that wear the whoop band and the aura ring. And I can tell you based on the, the analytics, all my clients that wear the mouth tape sleep exponentially better than the clients that don't wear the mouth tape. And likewise, the clients that wear the mouth tape that go on and off with the mouth tape their sleep scores are much higher the nights they wear the tape. And part of the benefits of that is you're activating the parasympathetic side to your nervous system by breathing through your nose. The nose activates the diaphragm. So it's a fuller, calmer, more relaxed breath. The mouth dries, the throat dries. There's no filtration system in the mouth. There's a filter in the nose. As you've posted before really well, nitric oxide exists in the nasal cavities. Nitric oxide is a vasodilator. So it helps blood circulate better. It's a bronchodilator. So it helps the lungs open up more. It's antiviral. It's antifungal. If you're someone that suffers from seasonal allergies, I can tell you, I was someone that took Zyrtec basically daily when I lived in New York with the pollen counts. I don't take Zyrtec at all anymore. The only time I feel congestion in my nose is when I don't wear the mouth tape and when I eat gluten or dairy. So it can change the way you breathe by mouth taping at night and it can change your immune system. And that's why nasal breathing works for, for athletes as well, because you're increasing the nitric oxide, which is going to increase your production, increase the blood flow to the muscles in the brain. Correct. It's also going to help the lungs work better. Like you said, the, the studies that show that you do get um, better reoxygenation, you get yeah. better lung, not lung open, right word, but in terms of lung performance, the diaphragm works better. Yeah, so dilator. So it's opening up the lungs. And then also something else I read very interestingly in the oxygen advantage, which I highly recommend to anyone that maybe some of this stuff is resonating with the nose actually is a more efficient breath. So it's a, it's a smaller in terms of volume breath, but the delivery of oxygen to the organs, to the muscles is at a higher uptick. So it's about 15 to 20% higher delivery of oxygen. So even though it's less volume than the mouth, you're getting a more efficient further 
you know, reaching breath through the nose. So it's a much more efficient, better breath. It also anatomically, the nose and the diaphragm are anatomically connected and the mouth and the chest are anatomically connected. So when people are breathing through their mouth, they're more likely to suffer from anxiety, from panic, from stress, because it's a shallow, short breath in the chest. Whereas the nose is activating the diaphragm and it's a much more satisfying, fuller, calmer breath. And that's why nasal work, nasal breath work can help anxiety because you said it affects the diaphragm. It affects the simulate your parasympathetic nervous system, which is the rest and relax, which many people may know it as a little bit better. So, yeah. and I don't know if you have a specific brand you like that mouth tape is not just a big piece of tape. You like everyone always thinks that somebody up. It's, like, there are yeah. specific mouth tapes that you can yeah. wear right in the middle of the, in the middle of your lips that are, so it does not feel suffocating. It's comfortable. So it's going to be yeah. it's still an adjustment. Still, most of the time you can still breathe through your mouth. Like I'll wear the tape and unless I double strip, then I can still breathe through my mouth. I, you know, another Bob Troya recommendation. I use 3M Micropore. Bob's a true biohacker through and through, and all the biohackers are very conscious of like spending the least amount of money to get the hacks done correctly. So Bob recommended 3M Micropore, which is just a simple sports tape. I go across my mouth, but a lot of times people, my clients will wear it just up and down vertically right here across the lips. And then I recommend to my clients that are starting out for the first time, as you mentioned, it's a sensitive thing to do, especially for people that are used to mouth breathing. I recommend people start out with a Somnifix. It's sort of like synonymous with mouth taping. They were on Shark Tank. So it's like very, you know, accessible in terms of, you know, people seeing it and it's a visual brand. Somnifix also has a, a hole right in the middle. So it mentally helps you feel like you're not going to suffocate, which you won't. Your body knows what to do. Your body will know to breathe through the nose. And a couple of things that I always talk to clients about is if you wake up and your mouth is dry, you have a bad taste in your mouth, or your nose is completely stuffed or blocked in the morning, or you have more than three to four wake-ups in the night, you're probably a great candidate for mouth taping at night. If those are constants that every morning you wake up in that shape, or you're feeling like you're more tired in the mornings than you are at night, then mouth taping is definitely something you might want to look into. No, mouth taping is definitely has many benefits as does the nasal breathing, but even doing basic breath work, which I'm going to kind of flip back to. And before we do cold immersion here. So if somebody is looking, so we, again, we hit a couple, let's go back to breath work and mental state, breath work and anxiety. Is there a specific regimen you would recommend to your clients if they're trying to, again, I know you do some executive type coaching as well. What are those people doing a daily regimen? Is it something, okay, you, you have this big stressful presentation. This is what I want you to do. It's more complicated than just doing some, I mean, a box breathing is great. What's the type yeah. of regimen that they're going with? So when I work with a client, I typically see them one to two times a week. Some clients I see up to four times a week, but normally once a week sort of helps set the tone in the nervous system, at least for those days around the session. But then beyond that, I recommend, I like getting the breath rate down to six breath cycles per minute. That's where a lot of the science is coming from. So by saying six breaths per minute, that's an inhale and an exhale as one breath cycle. That can be done with a four-second inhalation and a six-second exhalation, but the one I really like is five in, five out. I find it to be very calming. It's soothing. It lowers the blood pressure. It lowers the heart rate. That can be done for five minutes a day. It can be done for 15 minutes a day. If you're someone like I was at the time, 
when I first got into breath work, I was dealing with lethargy and just feeling tired more often than not. So I started actually doing Wim Hof method to raise my adrenaline and raise my cortisol and get myself into a more upregulated state. But if you're someone that probably similar to some of the people that you work with that need to kind of downshift that you're on 24 seven, you know, the CEO types that I work with, getting them to slow down and relax and relax their breathing and get their breathing into a calm place will actually help them be more productive. So I recommend the five in five out five minutes a day. I think that's sufficient. And if you want to go further than that, you can start to add in maybe a few rounds of Wim Hof breathing. You can do some CO2 tolerance work where you create some holds at the bottom of your exhales. You can start to extend your exhale lengths as well. Like I do this exercise where I do a modified box breath. And every time I exhale, I add a second to the length of the exhale. And exhaling is actually the thing that calms your nervous system down. As you exhale, your heart rate goes down. Your body starts to relax as you're releasing that CO2. So every breath cycle, I extend the exhale till I get to about 20, 30 seconds on an exhale, which feels at first stressful. But once you can master the length of your exhale and slow it down, your body will actually go into a very deeply relaxed, calm state. It may sound weird. The first time I think you was with, with you, somebody said, okay, you're going to be six breaths a minute. You're like, what? Yeah. And then you do it and you're like, wow, you get, you, you get it. Just the benefits that you just detailed. It, it feels incredible. And yeah. then you work up to it. And it, again, it definitely, something is so simple as that it's free. It takes five minutes a day. Yeah. And all um, the science that's coming out in terms of, you know, calming the nervous system and activating cognitive benefits and, you know, helping your short-term memory and helping your attention, you know, a lot of links between ADD and breathing as well for a lot of people that are dealing with ADD and having short-term memory loss, a lot of the science comes to that six breath cycles per minute. That is the sweet spot for the nervous system. That's the sweet spot for your digestion. If you're having IBS or digestive issues, cognitive function issues, decline there, all these things can be benefited by just a simple exercise of five to 10 minutes a day of five and five out. And all these things are components of Wim Hof breathing. There's different ways you can do it for different needs. But is there anything we haven't talked about in terms of some of the really important parts of what's cons- part of a Wim Hof regimen? Yeah, I mean, the Wim, the thing, the interesting thing about Wim Hof breathing, and maybe this segues nice to the cold, is that study that you mentioned where he activated an immune system response. A lot of people thought that that was really predicated on him also having a, a lot of cold exposure. It was based almost entirely on the power of breathing on him breathing in that fast rhythmic way. That's how he enacted the immune system response. And they're continuing to study that, even though that study took place in the early mid two thousands, they're now noticing and they're studying the fact that it's the breathing that really created the immune system response. Cold exposure over a long period of time helps to boost white blood cells. So over a long stretch of time, it's a really nice play for your immune system and for lowering inflammation, but to get that fast action immune system response, it was the breathing that actually did that. I should, we just like flip seats here. That's a perfect segue. So we're going to run into the cold. So there's breath work you guys, you can do. There's cold immersion. There's a great interplay, which will kind of flip, bring everything back to at the end. So talk about cold immersion. How should somebody, what's the, A, what the benefits are and B, and it, what is the starter stack? Because most people are not going to be hopping in a cold plunge at yeah. like 30 something degrees and doing it for three to six minutes. So yeah, totally. let's I go know. there. 
Again, I think starting out in a guided, if you're not going to do the cold shower route, which I know a lot of people hate cold showers and have a tough time in cold showers, it's difficult to stand and feel like you, you have to relax while you're standing. I recommend going to a workshop, you know, somebody like myself or another instructor teaches cold exposure. Ari's, 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 Ari's are great. Yeah. And then also, you know, you have places down the city. If this is, you know, if there are New York listeners on here, you have places like Portal and Remedy Place and all these new places. You and I actually, the last time we did our private session, we talked about it. Now these health and wellness clubs are opening up and they all have cold exposure ability. I think it's a really nice option to go into a facility that the staff is trained to guide someone into the cold and you can actually feel you know, a little bit like nurtured as you're in the cold, because it is an extreme experience. It is, it is going to take your breath away for the most part. I'd say there's like five to 10% of people that go in and they have a the natural calm response, which is very rare. Most people go in and they lose their breath. So that happens with the cold shower as well. What I coach people through is when you feel your breath being taken away, how do you get control of it again? you work towards building up the exhale. So like I said earlier, the exhale is the thing that relaxes you. The same goes for the cold exposure. When you get into the ice bath, the thing I started doing was I started pushing air out almost like I was blowing a balloon. And that allowed me to get control. I breathed exclusively through my mouth because that's your stress response is to... Once you get control of that, you start to slow down your breathing rate. From there, maybe you take a couple inhales through the nose. Maybe you can start to exhale through the mouth slower. And then all of a sudden you can start to work your way towards a nasal inhale, nasal exhale. And then maybe you can even do a five in five out through the nose within the cold exposure. And to me, when I'm working with someone or a group, if I can get them to do a five second inhale, five second exhale in the ice bath, they've reached their calm state. They've reached the point where we can either get out or we can stay in and we can continue to work from there. Exactly. So yeah, Ari kind of hit the big stuff there. Let me, I want to go back to a couple of things he's mentioned. A couple of things that he's mentioned throughout Oxygen Advantage and the, and the locations we're going to put in the, the show links at the end so everybody can link to Avi and those places that are in New York City. They're now popping up pretty much everywhere now. It's amazing. Yeah. Two years ago or even right before COVID, you could not... You yeah. pretty much put ice in your bathtub, or we were doing it in a big tub in the middle of New York City street almost. And yeah, now you can yeah, go these big, basically. Really nice, now you can go these really nice ten thousand dollar tubs of these at a lot of these recovery or ice plunge yeah. studios. So that's number one. Number two is as a person who's gone from literally not being able to tolerate the first time to now I can do the five and five. Everybody's yeah, understanding your transformation into going in and, you know, having that struggle, which is totally natural to now going in and being able to relax your breathing and sink into it. It's, it's amazing. And, you know, I really respect the fact that you put yourself out there. You know, a lot of doctors would talk about cold exposure, but not actually go to a public workshop with other people there. And you go there and you participate and, and you really, you know, you put yourself out there and, and you'll, you wouldn't recommend it to a patient unless you're willing to try it yourself. And that's very respectful, commendable. And thanks. No, I appreciate that. The first 20 seconds, like Avi mentioned, are not comfortable to anybody. You could be the most veteran or the most beginner. It's getting yourself for that first 20 seconds, getting that, listening to, you definitely want to listen to a guy the first couple of times you do it, they get your breath calmed down and then you got to listen to your body. I mean, there's people, again, I've been plenty of classes mostly uh, that 
There's people who've never done it before. The person who's like terrified of it doesn't want to go in. They're the one who's able to go in there and, and do probably do the longest first time or for longer than anybody else in the class because you don't know what your body is capable of when you do it. This is great because that's part of one of the benefits of cold immersion is it exposes your body to a stress that's not usually used to. And with its benefit of hormesis and again, your body adapts to it. And that's why it's one of the great benefits of it. And there's um, a 250% increase of dopamine. So, you know, you're getting a boost of white blood cells you're getting a, this incredible boost of dopamine, you know, and I always kind of make this comparison similar to the Wim Hof breathing that's activating this adrenaline response. The cold activates adrenaline response. And then on the back end, like the breathing, you get into this really calm, relaxed state. It almost seems like you're high or on drugs or something because you're so calm and you're so at peace and you're so relaxed. And that's why these work great together because you're, you're activating dopamine, epinephrine, norepinephrine, maybe in some serotonin, which is a com another common influence. So you're getting the best of both worlds. And again, it is why these two things combined give better results than individually, but they also have their own benefits individually. So swinging back in terms of, again, if you're a starter and you don't, you're, you don't have access to a cold plunge, then cold showers are a starter. The or lot of times workshop or, you know, go find a, a workshop. Now there's so many, you know, if, if you're in the city, there's Remedy Place, there's Portal, there's, I think, other ships setting up something as well. There's, I have a colleague, Lauren Schramm, a friend who's now doing workshops in Williamsburg almost weekly with ice baths. She's incredible. And then, you know, there's a lot of instructors out there right now that are doing a lot of cool events. And, you know, we all have our different styles. Like I have my own style and all the other Wim Hof instructors and other instructors from XBT have their own style. So it's, it's worth trying one or two and getting a feel for what's out there. Yeah. So those who are beginning with cold showers, you can even start and your shower, don't start it and your shower with like 15, maybe 30 seconds of yeah. a cold shower. Try to get yourself up to a minute. If you can get yourself to a minute in the cold shower, that means you're ready. That means your body has now become tolerant to that stressor. And now you're, you're ready to do it. Your body can handle it. It's going to be a little bit colder. Your whole body is going to be exposed to the cold as opposed to not the whole body, but it's something that will get you there. You're going to get, you get certain, but there's now a study that just came out where you don't get as many benefits from cold showers you do from being in the, in the cold plunge, but yeah. there's definitely a way for a lot of people who just say, there's no way. Um, I have a, a close friend who's like, there's no way in, in the world that I'm doing the cold plunge, but they do the shower and that works. They get the dopamine release and they're happy with that. So and the other part I want to say is if when you're working with somebody, you, it's become cool or social media worthy to do the six minute rule or go six minute club. Use, it's remedy place. I think that does the six minute club. That's not, you don't have to go there. I don't know your opinion on that is if you're yeah. getting, I think you have to listen to your body. I think, and it's interesting because every workshop I do, especially the ones that are big groups, Everyone always asks, well, how long do I go in, in there for? Like, what's the number? What's the number? Everyone wants a quantified goal. And I'm sure you see this in your work too. Just people need a number. They need a goal. They need something to set. And listen, I was the same way when I started. And even now there's times I go in three to five minutes is considered the effective dose for cold exposure. Though, if you can go in for 30 to 90 seconds and relax your breathing, I think that's a really successful experience. I think if it's your first time and you just drop in and you got, get right out, that's successful too. It's not easy. It's not how we were designed as humans. We were designed as humans to avoid the cold, to not feel cold, to not shiver. It's in our DNA as you know, hunter and gatherers to stay in warm, comfortable environments. So you're basically going against your body's you know, desires to go into this 
discomfort, but if you can manage to control your breathing there, you get all these incredible benefits. And then all of a sudden you start to have a higher threshold for everyday stress. So, I mean, if you want a number, I give them the, the 11 minute that has some studies behind it. It's not a perfect number, but at least it gives somebody a weekly number. Because again, people, that's how, again, that's how yeah. people know, okay, did it, especially now with wearables and everything else. Um, yeah. 11 so, minutes per week. That's the two, Susan yeah. Sodberg. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So you break that up into two, three, four sessions, a minute to two, three minutes each time. And that's a great number. That's to burn white fat to produce brown fat, that the body starts to adapt really well with that weekly number. It's a good baseline. Again, everybody does it a little differently. You find what works well for you. As, already, as Avi mentioned, you can use your wearables if your HRV is plummeting or your, your sleep scores and your HRV is doing better. Listen to your body. Everybody's an individual on how your body is going to respond to stressors like that. And, what and I- you can alternate the heat too. That's great as well. There's a ton of benefits to the contrast to being able to go hot, cold, back and forth. It also, for certain people, makes it a lot easier to come out of a sauna and go into the cold as opposed to going and, you know, like we used to do at Burn. On those wintry days, I think the first one you came to was an especially cold night in the middle of winter. It was dark out, your melatonin settling in, and your body does not want to get that cold. And I used to buy way too much ice. Yeah, she did. It was was way too much ice. You know, that was back in the days where the ice wouldn't even melt. It would just sit at the top and, you know, you're basically walking into like one big block of ice. But we made it through. Yeah. So I'm actually having, we're talking about owner, Burn was used to be a, a wellness club in the city here. I'm actually having Jimmy on another podcast talking about cool. some stuff. But you are, again, doing the perfect segues for me. What we're doing throughout this talk is we're talking about everything's individual. We're talking about combining what we call stacking, where you, the more things you combine, the bigger benefit you're going to get than if you do things individually. First start talking about breath work and nasal breathing. Then we added in the cold. And then we now we're going to add in what we call contrast therapy or the hot and the cold. Yeah. So talk about what the benefits and how you implement doing hot with the cold plunge. Yeah. The contrast therapy, heat therapy, sauna, infrared sauna, even steam. I mean, to a lesser extent, you're basically creating that vasodilation, that increase in circulation, your body's getting that boost. Those heat shock proteins are picking up in the body. You know, this, like the cold, like the breathing, these are all ancient practices. This is something that people have been doing for hundreds or thousands of years. The body responds really well to it. It really helps boost heart health and boost your overall wellness. If you're someone that's training hard and working out hard, there's a ton of benefits to hopping into a sauna after a workout and then adding in the cold on the back end of that. The contrast therapy you're getting the vasodilation in the heat. So your veins are opening up, it's increasing your circulation. And then you're hopping into the cold and you're getting that vasoconstriction. So it's basically closing your veins up and the blood is not pumping as vigorously through. So I always think about it like lifting a weight and just that, that pump, that up, down, up, down. And that's how your veins are opening and closing between hot and cold. I can tell you some of the best nights of sleep I've ever had have been after really great hot cold sessions just that combination those heat shock proteins mixed with the hormesis of the cold exposure puts the body into a deeply calm state you know you mentioned it earlier which was you know a great point ending on cold is the one thing i recommend really highly is because you want that cold in the body afterwards so your body continues to burn calories and fat as it continues to heat up the rest of the day the cold is also a parasympathetic arousal so it's arousing the calm state of the nervous system. It's it's putting your body into a more relaxed state, which seems weird, but your heart rate starts fast in the cold, but it actually starts to slow down. In the heat, your heart rate 
raises, it goes up. So if you're doing contrast therapy and you end on hot, and let's say it's in the afternoon or the evening, and you go home and you're having your dinner and you're trying to relax, you're trying to settle down. If you end on hot, you're getting that vasodilation, you're getting that increase in heart rate. It might be hard for you to go to sleep. Whereas if you end on cold, your body's a lot calmer, your heart rate slows down, you get into that bed after feeling chilly and you get into the warm blankets, you know, you know, as well as I do, being cold at night's better than being hot at night for sleep. So you want to have that cold exposure on the back end. And that way your body's burning those calories and burning the fat and also getting into bed cold is much better for your sleep. Exactly. I totally agree on everything you said. So in terms of, again, people want numbers, people want to know how to do it initially. That's kind of become how we, so, I mean, most people I know will do, again, we'll try to do anywhere between a two and a four minute plunge, give or take, at least for my and then how long do you have in the sauna for usually? You know, it's, there was like a standard number. I think it was from a Rhonda Patrick study that was 20 minutes in the sauna and a dry finish, 180 degree sauna. You know, these days I do a lot of work with, you know, C-level executive clients and they have their saunas built into their homes and their cold plunges. And I recently did one and their sauna was 220. It was like a Laird Hamilton style sauna. It was like the bathhouse sauna where it's like 220 degrees. If you're not comfortable in a 220 degree sauna for 15, 20 minutes, you probably shouldn't push it that far. You should build up. That's also why the contrast therapy helps to do the cold first. That way you go into the sauna a little bit cooler. You know, you have to really listen to your body. If it's a numbers game, you know, I'd say anywhere from five to 15 to 20 minutes to get comfortable and to start to feel your way through it. You know, once you start to feel your heart beating in your head and you start to feel like you're getting into this state that's, you know, it's a sympathetic arousal in the heat. It will push you hard. So you have to be mindful of that. And if you are doing contrast therapy, you want to make sure you're dunking your head into the cold as well, because your head is going to get hot in that sauna and your body's going to stay cold from the cold exposure. So if you're not getting that full sort of uniform temperature shift, your head's going to continue to get hot, get hot, get hot. And it's going to be harder for you to maintain staying in that sauna long enough. And I think you know, to reference back that study that you mentioned earlier with the 11 to 12 minutes from the Suzanne Soderbergh study, it's 59 minutes weekly for the sauna. So I think it's like 58, 59 minutes. So you're breaking that down to three to four sessions. That's, you know, anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes per sauna exposure. But if you're going back and forth, you can really stay in there for a while. Everybody's got their numbers now. People yeah. just want the basics. We got the basics. We got every who needs those numbers, got their numbers in terms of what they need. And if to you're do. starting too, if you're starting out, like when I first started doing this, if I went into the cold plunge and I started at the standard in Miami Beach, I could barely stay in for 30 seconds into the cold plunge. It wasn't even an ice bath. It was like a 50, 60 degree cold plunge. And the sauna, I could barely stay in for 10 minutes. I'd have to get out and take cold showers. And that's okay. And eventually you start to build up your tons. It's not like you go to your first, you know, hot yoga class and it's easy, or you go to your first workout or your first hit class and it's easy. You have to trust that your body will start to adapt and get more comfortable in these scenarios. So if it's your first time and you're number obsessed, you're going to probably push yourself maybe a little bit too hard. It's good to listen to your body. It's good to tune in and just getting in the first time is an accomplishment and work from there. Yeah, like obviously, this is not easy. If it was easy, it wouldn't give you the benefits it does on the back yeah. end. That's what hermesis okay. is, or your body adapts to stressors. Is that anything? It works the same way from running. You're not going to run a marathon the first time out. You're not yeah. going to do anything 
you build your body up and your body learns and tolerates how to do things and you get the benefits that way. I, that's the whole point of one of the benefits again of the word of the day is hormesis. It's the stresses that we're putting, putting on your body and the ultimate benefits you get. And that's what all these things are doing between, again, we started from the breathing and now we're at the doing the contrast therapy. I do that's have to try. The nice part about the breathing is that you can do that the first time and feel really good doing that. Whereas the cold, it might take you a few times to feel that switch happen where you feel that dopamine drop and you feel your body get really relaxed and enjoy it. So it's nice to like go into it a couple times, struggle, have those difficult experiences. And then maybe the third, fourth time you go in and you feel incredible. That's a really nice accomplishment then. And then all of a sudden, you know, that switch and you can, you can actually feel that switch start to happen. You can feel your heartbeat start to slow down in there and you can feel your body relax. And then all of a sudden it's an amazing, you know, therapy. No, I agree. The doctor is going to come out me out of me for a second here. A, if in terms of doing cold immersion, the cold shower is not as big of a deal. If you're doing cold immersion or sauna, make sure that if you have some chronic medical issue, you talk to your doctor about it first and or discuss it with the coach who's working with you so they know what your limitations are. Obviously, if you have a heart issue or something, you don't want to be stressing your body to that degree. Secondly, when you're coming out of that sauna, especially if you're doing a longer session like Avi's talking about, you definitely do want to replenish not just water. You do want to get some electrolytes back in you. And doesn't mean going to grab a Gatorade, um, which is all sugar. And that's yeah. not defeating the purpose of what you're doing. Get something like an Element or Noon or something like that, which has Redmond has a new really good salt product that's healthy and not a lot of sugar. And then you're going to get those electrolytes back into you. Yeah. Also, to another safety point, you know, thanks for bringing that up. The breathing, the Wim Hof breathing, a lot of times people think, you know, and I think, you know, I've seen influencers doing an aggressive fast breathing in the cold that's not how it works you actually do the calm slow relaxed breathing in the cold fast rhythmic breathing in water is extremely dangerous you could have shallow water blackout you're not supposed to do the breathing the aggressive upregulatory breathing in the cold your natural like is fine but then you want to get control of it and you want to down regulate that's actually also why working with a guide an instructor going to, you know, one of these facilities, like we mentioned, or going to a workshop is best the first time. So you kind of know the healthy, safe practices for these types of activities, because they are intense. And if you're a novice, and you really want to add this, you know, to your lifestyle and your practices, it helps to invest in it. You know, of course, you could watch a YouTube video, and you could see whomever doing it from somewhere else. And it's better to be able to ask questions and actually watch people go through it and see how people respond and react to it. Yeah. Find a guy. That's the best way. They, they'll be able to a good guy. They can adapt everything to what you're feeling and what you feel comfortable with. So you're, yeah. you like getting people down to that six to eight breaths a minute in, in the cold. Yeah, that's the goal. And actually, I, I really clued in on that when I was doing the fire and ice sessions, you know, back in Brooklyn, when I was working with Lindsay and Josh Fly, uh, the XBT master instructors, we were doing a Friday night fire and ice session, and they were really dialed in with the XBT stuff. I mean, they were in the first group of XBT instructors and were very close with Laird Hamilton and Gabby Reese. And I watched how they were almost, you know, clinical with the way they coached in the ice bath. And I was coming from my sort of Wim Hof background, which is a little bit more out there and esoteric and sort of like, you know, hoo-ha. Their way of approaching it really helped me teach better ice baths. Now I focus really specifically on down-regulating people's breathing in the ice, slowing their breathing down. The protocols are very specific in XBT. Like we've talked about, it's a very performance-based program because Gabby Reese was obviously a gold medalist volleyball you know, yeah. star and Laird Hamilton's one of the best big wave surfers of all time. So it's really you know, clued into the athletes. 
Yeah, they're okay athletes. Yeah, they, yeah, they, they did they, all they're, right. They're, they're incredible. Right. Yeah, they're, yeah. So we're going to finish up here. I want to add, because I know we did a session we've done with you and I've seen it online. There is, before we do the cold plunge, there is some type of chanting and rhythmic dancing. Is that a, a your, is that something you do? Is that a Wim Hof thing? That's a Wim Hof thing. That's called the horse dance. I always get confused. The horse dance. So that's almost like Tai Chi or Qigong. Like you're using your body to create heat and move in a specific way. And you're using your breathing to create heat into your body. So it's a way that you get your body prepped to go into the cold and you get your body warm after being into the cold. So if you're someone that's really really looking to challenge yourself and you start, and I don't recommend this for first timers. I recommend this for people that have been doing this for a while. If you start going out into nature and going to like a hike or going into the ocean in the winter time, you need to be very dialed into your practice. You need to be really focused into your practice. And if you're not, you're going to struggle. But if you are going to start going out onto hikes and you're going to start doing things in nature, then you have to move after you get out of the cold. So if I go out on a hike here in Utah and I try to do ice or cold exposure and I get out and I just sit there and I start to shiver, it can get bad quickly. You have to move. So that doesn't actually have to be the horse stance where you're having this wide stance with your legs and moving your arms. You could do you know, all different types of movement to get your body activated. It was no, it was fine. I, mean, I posted videos from a couple of the times we did it together, and I had these football players and these wrestlers who were like, "Why in the world yeah, are you doing that dance for? We ever did that twenty cool years ago." It. Everyone's way too cool. You know, I've done these workshops in Austin. I've done them in Miami, and everyone's doing the horse dance in New York. I'm in Bern, and I got thirty people in a room, and no one's doing it, and it's insane. I'm like, "Come on, guys! Like, let's do it!" And nobody, and I even have you know my cousin drumming or someone playing a djembe drum, and I've got live music, and no one can be bothered to move. But I will tell you, from my experiences going swimming with the Russians in Sheep's Head Bay in the middle of winter, and if you want to look at my Instagram, you can see the videos I have of swimming with these Russians that go every day in the winter. They move after they get out of the cold. It's freezing out there. The wind, the lack of sunlight, we're going out at 6 a.m. They weren't just jumping in and splashing around either. They were swimming from one side of Sheep's Head Bay to the other every day. And you have to get out and you have to move. Your body has to heat up naturally because there's no hot shower on the beach. There's no sauna out there. It's not, you know, Malibu at Laird Hamilton and Gabby Reese's where there's this beautiful barrel sauna. It's cold and, and there's really nothing there to protect you except for your body and what you have. Yeah. And that's why when you're doing contrast therapy or, or when you even do a cold plunge, you don't, you want to let your body warm up naturally to some extent yeah. before you jump in the sauna um, for a variety of reasons. So we're, yeah. What we, I appreciate it. You gave the listeners an incredible amount of information. So is there anything we didn't highlight in terms of cold or breath work that you want to um, highlight to our listeners at the end here? I think there's a lot out there right now. So if you try to try one practice and it didn't feel like it was a fit, maybe you went to Wim Hof workshop and it was too intense. It was too rah, rah, rah for you. Then maybe it is an XPT. Maybe, you know, maybe it's something else. You know, I recommend a lot of, there's a lot of books out there on breath work. You know, James Nestor's book's great. You know, the Oxygen Advantage book. I, you know, that's like a Bible for me in terms of teaching people and working with people. So that's a book I recommend. And then Scott Carney wrote a great book, What Doesn't Kill Us, about Wim Hof that I I highly recommend. And then his second book after that, The Follow-Up, The Wedge, not his second book, but I think it's his fourth or fifth book is another good one. You know, do some research on it, you know, and try a different practice out. And then if you're local, have a local instructor, you know, it's nice to go in and have that experience in person. You never know who you're going to meet. You know, the last big workshop I did in 
Brooklyn um, at the beginning of the summer. A lot of people made connections there. And actually a couple of the young women that were at that workshop started going swimming in the ocean together in the cold. And, you know, you can really actually meet a lot of like-minded individuals. So I think it's a, it's a good thing to check out a workshop. Definitely. So where can people find you and check you out? I know you're on Instagram. So what's the best way for people to contact you and uh, get hooked up? Yeah. So my Instagram is avilu, A-V-I-L-U. I've got the link to my San Diego workshop in my bio. I have a recent article. Well, an article I wrote a while back for that clothing line, Roan, on how to calm your nerves before a big meeting. Those protocols work really well in life in general in a stressful moment. And then also my website, if you're interested in working privately, you know, I, I work with a lot of different people, you know, from people dealing with, you know, terminal degenerative illnesses to professional athletes and, and pretty much everything in between. And even if you want to just talk, if you, you want to set up a consultation call, I have calls all the time with people that we don't end up working together, but we just want to figure out what maybe out of, you know, where is the room for improvement? How can you get yourself back on the right track or how can you improve on things? And I'm always happy to hop on a call with someone. Avi's great. He can walk through everything. You feel very comfortable, which is really important with some of this stuff that you want to work with somebody who's going to, you feel comfortable with. So it also pushes you. So enjoy. Yeah, I'll be back in New York soon. There's a probably, I'll probably be back there in the fall. You know, I was talking to Remedy Place a little bit about maybe doing something there, either in their New York location is new. You know, I was doing privates out portal with Pam, which was great. So we'll probably continue to do those. So if you're interested in doing something in person, just reach out. I'm lining up dates for New York soon. Yep. I'll see you then. Check out Avi. He's incredible. As you heard all the great information you get. Thanks for hopping on. Stay tuned. Yeah. For the, we'll see you again for the next episode of the Life Optimize. Bye. Whether you're an entrepreneur, a biohacker, or an athlete, if you're ready to take the next steps to optimize your life, visit drpaulvin.com. That's D-O-C-T-O-R-P-A-U-L-V-I-N.com. 